This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 822 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Greetings, horse people. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. It's time again for another installment of Trading Tips with Michelle Bergeron of Wright Lead Equestrian Center in Louisiana. Michelle is a graduate of Louisiana Scholars College, a North American Riding for the Handicapped Registered Instructor, British Horse Society Certified Instructor, and a Certified Instructor and Judge for the World Side Saddle Foundation. This time out, we set our sights on the surely most repeated phrase in all of the riding instructors' repertoire, keep your heels down. And we'll get right to our tip after this nutritional minute from Kentucky Performance Products. How is Summer Games different from other electrolyte products? Summer Games Plus contains the same electrolyte formulation as Summer Games Electrolyte, which was originally formulated for the horses competing at the 1996 Olympics. The formulation was based on the results of research conducted in anticipation of the Games, which were held in Atlanta, Georgia, known for its hot, humid summers. Summer Games mimics the composition of equine sweat, supplying the horse with the exact amounts and ratios of electrolytes relinquished in sweat. Summer Games Plus contains no sugar, like many popular commercial electrolyte supplements. Summer Games Plus also contains a buffering agent that helps create a soothing gastric environment. This is especially important for horses subjected to the stresses often related to top performance, such as exertion, transportation, and unfamiliar stabling atmospheres. Ask for Summer Games and Summer Games Plus electrolytes at your local tack and feed supplier or visit kppusa.com. Now, on with today's tip. And welcome back for another Trading Tips with Michelle. Michelle Bergeron is here from Wright Lead Equestrian Center in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. What is on the docket today, my dear? Well, I think you have a listener question about position and keeping the heels down. <gasps> oh, that's right. I, got, I actually got an email. I was so excited. <laughs> listener Tabby wrote in to us, and she is an intermediate-level rider, and she rides English and has been taking lessons for about a year now, and her instructor is constantly telling her to put her heels down. And she says, I can't seem to keep my heels down even though I'm trying. Help me. And then help me was in all caps. So uh, what would you suggest for this intermediate level rider to help her get her heels down so her riding instructor does not go horse and or pull her hair out? (laughs) Well, and it's important, too, because she can't really move on and do the really cool stuff like jumping and going out in the field and and riding across the country until she can really keep the heels down. This isn't a matter of her instructor just saying this to irritate her. (laughs) No. Really? Yeah, you know. (laughs) There's there's a lot of good reasons behind this. You know, the longer your leg is and more surface area you have on your horse, the better the contact is, the balance needs to be low down in your body, not high up, all these things to help keep you stay on and stay in the middle of your horse and not come off and and uh, not ride because the goal is to stay up there the whole time. And I see this fairly frequently with riders that come to me. Uh, some of them have a physical defect. They've broken the ankle. They've had a uh, 
some sort of tissue damage to the leg, but that's okay because you can always make it better unless you've got a fusion, which I don't often see. You can always make it better. So the first thing where we want to start is on the lunge line and two-point position. And I'm going to assume that we all know what two-point position is, also known as half-seat or jumping position. Aha. Uh-huh. So and, let, it, let us not yep. assume, Michelle, because we have lots of okay. Western riders out there and probably a lot oh, of yeah. um, True. a lot of the beginner or maybe novice-level endurance riders who listen to the show might not okay. be familiar with the term. Okay. So let us, let us give, give our listening audience two-point or half-seat position 101. What does that mean as far as where our parts are hanging out? All right. So when you're sitting on your horse, just relaxed and looking forward, you are contacting the horse in three places, your seat and two legs. So that is your three-point position. When we remove one, the most obvious one would be the seat. And so you are now in two-point position contacting your horse with your two legs. So if you think about how riders look as they come to a jump and they're off the saddle and their hip is towards the back of the saddle without their butt being in attack, the shoulders are a little bit lower, their center of gravity is close to the horse, this is the two-point position. I don't know if you have anything to add to that. Got it. And that's good because the one point we want to remove is the seat. We don't really want to remove the legs because that would be disastrous, I would think. So, that, you know, if you're riding around with a seat in one leg, it's probably not going to work out real well. No, no. Bad thing to do. So I've got a good visual. Okay, continue. Okay. So I like the lunge line because the rider can then really concentrate on stretching the leg down, stretching the heel cords, letting the leg become longer. And they don't have to worry about steering the horse and, oh, God, are my reins the right length? Do I turn left? Do I turn right? What if he doesn't go? It just removes all that. I can drive, and this allows the rider to really think about what they're doing and focus in one area instead of having to multitask. I'm for so, that. I'm not a good multitasker. I'm for that. Not Thank a you. lot of people are, and that's not, not a problem. That's why we, you know, your instructor should be able to present the same information to you in different ways to, to help you figure out which is best for you. Um, it doesn't have to stop... When you leave the farm, you know, you can walk, you can trot. Trot is really good because trot, as as bipedal animals, as, you know, we have two legs and we walk on, we understand the one, two, one, two, one, two as the horse trots. Yeah, I like that. So so the trot is good for you and it gives you sufficient bounce because you should be having um, some shock absorption in the heel, also in the knee and the hip but particularly in the heel. And so when you can develop that flexion, that work at the trot really drives that home, I find. Ah. You, don't have to, you don't have to stop working on your, on your heels when you leave your riding lesson, especially if you only ride once a week, and a lot of people do. You don't have to stop there. If you have stairs that you have, it doesn't have to be stairs. It can just be a step up to your front porch or a step up to the driveway, wherever, get a, a telephone book. It doesn't matter. Just get <gasps> a telephone book. I like that. Account. Everybody's got one of those and we don't use yep. them anymore. Not so much. <laughs> we don't yeah, use them. I do. I, I do, but I'm old fashioned like that. <laughs> so stand and make sure you have something to hold on to with your hands because we don't want anybody to fall and, you know, crack their head open. Wear your helmet from, for this from folks. Standing, yeah. From standing on their phone book. Uh, 
put the ball of your foot on the edge of your step or your phone book or whatever it is you're using, just the same place you would put your stirrup, and you're going to stand up, stretch up as far as you can on your toes, and then you're going to drop down as far as you can. You don't want to do this fast. You can hold for a count of three, a count of five, whatever works for you. Just don't yank up and down. And do this while you're watching TV. Do it as, as many times as you can do it. Oh. A couple times over the day. Cool. What I used to do when I was in school also is I'd, I'd put my feet up on the desk in front of me and just jam my heels down as far as I could. Yeah, you would do class. that. Yeah, you would yep. do that. At, at yeah. the, and also at the kneelers in church. And basically <laughs> the oh, there you go. For, for all of our Catholic friends out there, make use of that yep. kneeler. <laughs> yep. I mean, any 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 time I was sitting still, I was like, what can I do to just work on? Because I was an equitation rider. What can I do to really work on my heels all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time? Uh, and so that's what I did. Um, and this this up and down exercise, you can do this on your horse as well. Uh, you can do it, I recommend it at the halt, uh, up on your toes all the way in the stirrups, and then down as far as you can go, and then up as far as you can go, and hold it and down as far as you can go. And then you, your ideal place will be from the middle to a little below the middle is going to be mm-hmm. ideal to have those heels down. Cool. Well, that's a great exercise. Um, one of the things that helped me out, because I fit into the um, – fusion category having mm. busted up my ankles pretty seriously i struggled a lot with getting my heels down mm-hmm. and two of the things that were suggested to me quite some time ago that made a big difference um because i had a healing process where i compensated for broken oh, parts yes. you don't realize you continue to compensate so yep. if you even after you're healed even after you're healed i used the telephone book method. In my case, I used a two by four mm-hmm. so that the, the, the two was where my, the ball of my foot went, not the four. So it right. was stable. And I would assume the trotting position. I would do, I would practice posting trot with the balls of my feet on a two by four. Oh, wow. And I learned to find the muscles on the front of my calf if you curl your toes up towards the top of your shoes, the muscles in the front of your calf engage so you can find mm-hmm. those. I learned to find them, and then I learned to relax them because they were compensating for previous injuries, and they would become mm-hmm. tight when my heels would go down as a protective reaction. I didn't right. realize I was, a, right. I was doing it. So once I learned to find the muscles, then I had to be learn how to relax them, which was a lot harder. And that made yeah. a big difference because it went from heels that functioned. I got my heels down a tiny bit and they functioned to having heels that would stay down and add security to my seat. Mm-hmm. So it, mm-hmm. it really stepped things up a notch. And the other thing I learned to do was I learned to put my stirrup iron straight across the ball of my foot. Mm-hmm. Instead of having the inside bar the close angle. to the butt, yeah, and the outside bar up there, my pinky toe, yep, my, yep. my heels stay down thirty percent better when it is straight across my foot. Hmm. Now, uh, something that, and I've, I did the opposite. I had tore all the ligaments in my ankle. When I broke my ankle, mercifully, it was about a half inch above the joint. So my ankles got floppier as time went. Um, (laughs) Because you completely destroyed them. They just became floppy and useless. They just hung there. (laughs) 
but even even before then, I was always in the camp, I guess because I was sitting in church pushing my heels down on the kneelers, um, where my heels would get to the point where they were down so far, I would lose the flexibility, and I had to work on, on keeping them. Yes, some people uh, do have that problem where their heels yeah. are down too much. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, but what – and when I was in high school, it was about the time that all those, you know, newfangled stirrups came out with the mm-hmm. movable – uh, tread, you know what I'm talking yep, about? The flexible stirrup irons, yep. You're not quite the flexible. Well, they were flexible, but they would like the 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 foot would would you know move back and forth and mm-hmm. all this. And I have bad knees, and I'll tell you what has worked for a lot of my girls that have difficulty and pain in the ankle is to try the double offset stirrups. Oh, which are so hard to find. Very hard uh, to find. Yeah. Yeah, and pretty much I think Steuben is the only one that's really making them yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, or the Herm Springer, mm-hmm. you know, flexi ones with the little rubber bits. With the little the, rubber bits, the yes. Yes. Uh, and the knockoffs. And those have, have helped some people, not all people, but they have helped some people. And those are pricey. So if you can find someone at your barn that has a pair to let you try – it might help you. And I, I agree with you 100%. You, and it seems like the folks that I know who have tried them in all of their incarnations, the first time you ride in them, you will know whether or not they're going to help. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's a great thing to borrow love it them. or hate it. Yes. And <laughs> the first time I ever rode in a pair, I loved them. Yes. And I just recently replaced mine because they were about 25 years old. And you can't see inside where the little rubber thing covers up the flexing part. Mm-hmm. I was just really convinced that they were worn out inside. <laughs> so I bought a new pair. Uh, and I bought a pair of the old-fashioned ones, and they were the first ones to come out quite some time yeah. ago, where there's just a simple pin hinge on the footbed. Like yeah. And it only tips at about, mm, yep. you know, a little bit. And I, I got those, uh, I believe, oh... Roma might make them. One of the Weatherbeater companies really? makes them. And I got those, and I appreciate them just as much as I did the more expensive ones with the little rubbery sleeves. So, again, mm-hmm. if, if you have trouble and you have ankles that are by nature stiff, have been injured, and things like that, it's it might be worth your time to beg, borrow, or steal a well, pair of steel, but yeah, <laughs> a pair of stirrup. Borrow for short term. Yeah. Borrow for short term. <laughs> offer that person a Starbucks and see yep. if that can help you in that direction. If you, by nature, have poor balance and you are compensating by gripping your knees and pushing mm-hmm. your toes down, they're really not mm-hmm. going to help much. But they can help yeah, relieve some of that. Problem. Yeah, some of that anxiety and, and get you going in the right direction. So hopefully, Tabby, that helps you out. Uh, I that, hope so. That is Hopefully thir- she'll let us know uh, what works for her. Yeah, let us know and, and put it on our Facebook page. And that is 13 minutes about syrup irons. Just what the world needed. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> Bye, Jen. And that's a wrap. To listen to all of Michelle's tips, you can go to horsetiptaily.com and go to the experts drop-down menu on your left. You can also visit Right Lead Equestrian Center on Facebook. You can also find lots more tips about topics ranging from barn care to websites for horse people at horsetipdaily.com. Look for the Topics drop-down menu on the left. Don't forget to support our sponsors here on Horse Tip Daily because they make these podcasts possible. This podcast has been brought to you through the generous support of Kentucky Performance Products, and you can find them online at kppusa.com.
The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily. 